Hello and welcome to the People Powered Green Left Podcast, where we give the voice to the 99% and not the big corporations. If you think this project is important, please consider becoming a supporter today. Now, on to our latest episode. This is Alex Bainbridge for Green Left. What follows are most of the speeches that were heard outside the courthouse, the ACT Supreme Court, on November 13, the day David McBride attended court for the first time in his trial for telling the truth about Australian war crimes. We begin with the speech of former Senator Rex Patrick explaining why Attorney General Mark Dreyfus can and should drop the charges against David McBride. The law grants, the Parliament has granted him that power to deal with situations which are wrong, with prosecutions that are not in the public interest. Now just to give an analogy here, we've got someone who has jaywalked across a street to save a child. And what does our system do? It persecutes the jaywalker. And instead of looking and saying, there's real benefit that came from that person jaywalking, we've got our leaders saying, it's okay to prosecute that person. And what happens is, that means no one will ever jaywalk to save a child again. And that's the real problem here. We've got um, David McBride, who is a hero, who called out wrongdoing, he told the truth, and one of the casualties today, uh, of this trial may well be the fact that he goes to jail. I mean, that's an awful, awful situation. But the other casualty is the thousands of other whistleblowers that will no longer blow the whistle, will no longer consider even you know, contemplate blowing the whistle. And that is harmful to our democracy. It's harmful to our democracy and it is not in the public interest. Mark Dreyfus, Anthony Albanese, stand up, be courageous, do the right thing, stop these prosecutions. Thank you, Rex. Um, I'm delighted we have your local member here today, Emma Davidson, and she'll be uh, saying a few words uh, in support of David. Emma. Thank you. So I'm Emma Davidson. I'm your ACT Minister for Mental Health, Minister for Veterans and closer. Uh, so I'm your ACT Minister for Mental Health, Minister for Veterans. I'm also the Minister for Justice Health, which means that I'm responsible for the health and well-being of people who end up in our prison system here. And I am really concerned about what's happening here today. Now, it is really important to, to think about the mental well-being and the support that we provide to veterans after their service. This country spends $122.2 million per day on defence. Through to the 2031-32 financial year, this government is going to spend $47.5 million recruiting more 17 to 24-year-old young people into our defence services. And yet, there are veterans with PTSD as a result of moral injury who cannot access a GP, who cannot access a psychiatrist, who cannot access a psychologist in this city. And what is this government doing? This government is, is spending all of that money to recruit more people into doing this. Now, I want to be very clear about this. The Labor political party supports this spending. The Liberal political party supports that spending. I want to be very clear. I am a Green. 
The Greens do not support this. I firmly believe that this prosecution is not in the public interest. More than a million dollars was spent up until the start of this year, just getting to the stage where a trial hadn't even started yet. And that, that cost is going to continue. And for what? This is not in the public interest. This prosecution needs to be dropped, and it needs to be dropped now. And I want to thank every single one of you for coming out today and showing your support. Uh, you show up every time uh, and you are always there. And I want to thank you for that. Thanks, Emma. Thank you for your support. Um, someone who knows what it means to be pursued by, um, an, you know, to, to, to be the victim of unjust pursuit. Um, and, and, and vindictiveness is Bernard Caleri. Uh, he, since the case against him was dropped, he has devoted much of his time to supporting others in the same position and we're thrilled to have him here today. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. I want to acknowledge the tradition, traditional inhabitants of this area the Ngunnawal people and the Gambi people. I'll cut that short because several others will make the same recognition. Can I say that at a very crucial time in the battle by the East Timorese, Julian Assange released some documents that assisted us. I know Julian. I know David McBride very well. And I currently represent Dan Duggan. Last week, the United States government served papers through the Australian Federal Police to seize the home of Dan's wife. That will, that will become public shortly. Australia, acting as an agent for the United States government, has issued documents to seize the home at Jamboree, uh, built largely by the work and efforts of Dan's wife. Can you imagine the psychological impact last week of doing that to a mother of six children? So we are not just representing David today. We went through nine years of coalition government, corrupt, devious, in many respects, evil government. It was not a government. It was an occupation of our country by a gang of villains. I served in France not more than 20 years after the Second World War. France was going through all of the agonies of occupation and in our village, I lived away out of Paris. In fact, I lived in the French nuclear research village. I can't go into that why. But collaboration was still an issue in our village. People had to sit elsewhere in church. Now, we had an occupation in this country and we should see what it's about. We're still suffering the wounds of occupation. It's not just the weakness and timidity of the Albanese government, 
It's the overflow of occupation. And who were the main collaborators? They are over across the lake in the bureaucracy. And they include all the mates appointed to the tribunals by the corrupt government. Now, what has failed to happen is that the national security clique across the lake have remained in place. As, as Professor James Curran says, the entire skill set of the coalition, the occupation, are still directing our policies such as on, in relation to China. Now, so we must see what we're here for. We're here during the overflow of the occupation. We need to support the good members of the governing party, the Labor Party. I recall coming here one freezing morning and seeing a young, heavily pregnant woman holding a placard. I didn't know who she was. She was holding a placard with my face on it. I thought, I thought for a while I, I should be a gentleman and take the placard from her, but uh, I thought I, I don't want to hold up my own face. That turned out to be my local member, Alicia Payne. She doesn't get anywhere because she's not aligned. There is something wrong in the Labor Party at the moment. There's something seriously wrong and we need to support the right people there. I'm not going to get involved in the political issues. I'm too busy trying to help Dan Duggan and his wife and six children. What we need to do is to continue the fight all the way during David's prosecution. It's only part of the overflow from the occupation years by that gang who occupied the country. I'm very proud to be here in front of you. I'm very happy not to be in jail myself. Thank you. Thank you. Another person whose work in the area of government accountability and social justice has been invaluable is Senator David Shoebridge, and he joins us now. Oh, thanks very much, Mary, and thank you all for coming out today on Ngunnawal and Ngambri land. And we acknowledge this land always was and always will be First Nations land. Don't forget that the government tried to put Bernard in jail. Don't forget they didn't want Bernard saying what he just said and their response was to prosecute him and put him in jail. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad the community rallied round and Bernard was able to come out and say what he just said then. <laughs> and we will never forget that this government is now trying to put David McBride in jail. And what's David McBride's crime? His crime is telling the truth about war crimes. That's what his crime is. His crime is being brave and being principled and being decent and not being able to be silent while war crimes are committed by people in Australian military uniform. Now, if that's a crime, then every Australian should be guilty because you'd hope every Australian stepped up in that moment as a man of principle like David McBride. Let's hear it for David McBride, for the bravery he showed. <laughs> And as we're seeing another war unfolding in front of our eyes, and we're seeing the reality of the violence of war, 
Surely it's a time for the Australian public to reflect on the importance of truth-telling, the importance of whistleblowers. And indeed, one of those other brave whistleblowers, Julian Assange, is in a UK prison for also telling the truth. And I want to acknowledge John Shipton here, Julian's dad, and the courage of John and his family, Gabriel, for the work that they've done. But while I acknowledge the bravery of so many whistleblowers, of David McBride, Julian Assange, of, of, of whistleblowers across the country, there's one person who hasn't shown courage. There's one person who's had the power to end this prosecution and instead has stayed silent and has refused to act. And that's the Federal Attorney General. And with literally the flick of his pen, he could stop this prosecution now and not just save David McBride from this prosecution, but send a powerful message to every bureaucrat, every government official, every whistleblower in the country that we value you and we respect you and we'll back you in when you make the brave call. That's why we need this to end. So thank you for coming out today. Thank you for, for prizing truth over power. Thank you for prizing decency. Thank you for prizing a person I consider a friend, David McBride, who for no other reason, his dog needs an owner, doesn't he? To come out and be with him. And when I saw that T-shirt as I came in, I saw McBride for Defence Minister. Imagine that. Imagine people with the courage of David McBride being Defence Minister. Imagine how, how valuable that would be right now, telling truth to power, being honest. So let's continue to stay here every day of this, of this trial. Let's continue to support truth. Let's continue to support David. And let's continue to say to the federal government, drop the prosecution, drop the charges. Thanks very much. Thank you, David. Um, thank you, David Shoebridge. Uh, the man at the centre of the foremost global press freedom case is Julian Assange, who was in arbitrary detention for seven or eight years and ha has been sitting in a London jail for the last five years awaiting extradition. Um, his father, John Shipton, uh, who is here today, will say a few words. And I just would like to say, although the um, collateral damage video is not part of, the, of Julian's indictment. It is, without a doubt, not just the embarrassment he has caused the government of the United States, but the evidence of war crimes that has, that has put him in this position. Uh, I'd like to invite John Shipton, who has been fighting to save his son's life and freedom, to say a few words. Thank you, Bernard. Thank you, David. Um, friends, where do we start with this? Afghanistan, 20 years occupation, 250,000 dead. 250,000 dead. $8 billion. 46 Australian soldiers sacrificed. 
our premier armed force, the SAS, decayed. Are you good with that? <laughs> Vietnam, three countries destroyed entirely. Three million dead. Are you good with that? <laughs> the latest obscenity. Are you good with that? <laughs> Ukraine. Two million lives ruined. A half a million young men dead. Are you good with that? <laughs> David McBride taking upon his shoulders professional obligation as a lawyer, as an Australian, as a member of the armed forces, writing a report on 39 murders which illuminate for us the decay of the SAS. He's here today on trial. Are you good with that? <laughs> Julian Assange, now 14 years in arbitrary detention of one sort or another. Are you good with that? <laughs> Extradition to the United States can be prevented. The fibs that emanate from DFAT, the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, that the arrangement between the Department of Justice and the Department in the White House forbids the White House asking the Department of Justice in the United States to bring this prosecution to an end. That's what they tell us. <laughs> 16 Congress people, Senate and House, have written a letter in support of the ending of the prosecution and the dropping of the charges. Now, who would know best? Who would know best how the Congress and the White House and the Department of Justice and the government would work? The Congress people of the United States or the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and the Foreign Minister of Australia? Who would know best, I ask you? They addressed their letter to the President of the United States requesting that the charges be dropped. Are you good with that? With the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade deliberately obfuscating what can be done to, an assist, to assist an Australian citizen who has been banged up for 14 years, fought 30 court cases, 
I'll tell you a little thing. The Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade has 5,300 employees and billions of dollars a year and reach into every Western nation through the embassies and through the, the directorate of, the, what is it called, the Australian Signals Directorate and the Australian Secret Intelligence Services. And they place the burden of freedom on Julian Assange, who's alone in a cell in the maximum security prison. Are you good with that? Just a final word. We salute those what are called whistleblowers who took their professional obligations and courage on behalf of us. Contemplate that in silence for a little. They took their professional obligations and duties to us on behalf of us. And so they deserve our unfaltering support. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Jeff Morris blew the whistle on the Commonwealth Bank, and then he blew the whistle on the financial services regulator, triggering a Senate inquiry, and he was vindicated. He joins us here today. Like um, Bernard Polleri, I'm going to use a C word that isn't used in polite company in Canberra. Corruption. When the Albanese government chose to go to war with whistleblowers, chose to prosecute whistleblowers, and they're not, they're not just doing it once, they're doing it twice to Richard Boyle as well, so there's a pattern. Whistleblowers, of course, are the antidote to corruption. In fact, from my experience with useless regulators, they're about the only antidote to corruption in this country. So when you choose to go to war with whistleblowers and prosecute them, when the Albanese government chooses to go to war with whistleblowers, and prosecute them, it's choosing to embrace corruption. It's choosing corruption over integrity and truth. David McBride is like most whistleblowers. He clearly saw the truth and where his duty lay when all about him couldn't see it. All of the generals in the chain of command who would have us believe that they didn't know what was going on, which I don't believe for a moment, but even if that was true, they should be indicted for their incompetence. David McBride saw what was going on. He tried to do something about it internally. He was ignored. Nothing would have happened about these war crimes if David hadn't chosen to go public. 
David saw where his duty lay and he acted. He responded to a higher duty. I mean, it's a pretty narrow interpretation um, to prosecute somebody for exposing war crimes. Pretty narrow interpretation of the law. And the only way they can do that is to prosecute him on the basis of some murky national security concern. Well, who's, who's telling us that there's a national security concern? It's the same corrupt bureaucracy in Canberra that covered up the war crimes in the first place. The same corrupt chain of command in the army that covered it up. Indeed, there's much that the defence bureaucracy has to answer for. And hopefully what will come out of this, this travesty of a trial of David McBride ultimately, is a Royal Commission into the Defence Department. Because it's clearly badly needed. But corruption is endemic in this town. You lift a rock in Canberra and something crawls out. I mean, we had the robo-debt inquiry. I mean, if, if you couldn't figure it out for yourself, it's been laid out pretty clearly. The senior bureaucrats routinely lie, cheat and steal. They use lawyers as coward shields. They shut people down with, with completely misconceived legal actions. The purpose of them is just to waste people's money and exhaust them. And what they're doing to David McBride is just out of that same playbook. So what we're seeing here is prosecution of a good man who didn't worry about what everybody around him thought. He saw something was wrong and he acted. Now, if the Albanese government wants to prosecute whistleblowers like this, then I think the Albanese government is not fit for purpose. It does not deserve to hold office. And hopefully, that will be the end of this matter. Thank you. Thank you. Troy Stoll's blew the whistle on clubs New South Wales and they pursued him relentlessly despite the fact that he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He said at the time that the only thing worse than losing your life is wasting your life. He joins us here today to support David McBride. Thanks very much, Mary. Thank you, everyone, for turning up today. I think the numbers here today send a clear message to the government what a disgrace they are. The, the Albanese government, to their uh, disadvantage, inherited this mess from the Liberal government, who we all know uh, how, using Jeff's word, the dirty C word, criminals. And now, in this instance, the Albanese government could have dropped these charges earlier on and said, well, the Liberals started it, this is wrong, we'll drop it. So I'm going to add another C word to this equation, collusion. We now have a situation in Parliament where we've got the Liberals and the Labors 
voting down motions from the likes of Andrew Wilkie and the Independents, teaming up together the duopoly to keep it uh, between the two and, and, and continue on. It's an absolute disgrace. We, we need to keep pushing and pursuing and I stand here today, I'm still undergoing treatment, but while I've still got a breath and still got uh, my legs working, um, I'm gonna keep supporting David, uh, Richard Boyle, Julian, Dan Duggan. These governments need a clear message, state, federal, what they're doing is in their own self-interest, not in the interests of the public. How embarrassing David McBride doing his job and also covering the, uh, the government's backside in terms of internationally, um, showing that we're a good corporate uh, country. There's war crimes, equal international uh, UN breaches and the like, and here they are showing the world how corrupt they are. We need to make them accountable. We need to kick elbow out at the next election, and we need the Greens and the independents to take control. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Troy. Also joining us today is Dr. Sue Wareham, the president of the Medical Association for the Prevention of War. She's here to show her support for David McBride and his integrity. Good morning, everybody. Well, here we are again, as we've been gathering regularly for literally years to show support for David McBride and other whistleblowers as this persecution continues. And we're here on the day that David's trial starts. What I'm going to say will be fairly brief because our reasons for being here haven't changed. And we're here for two primary purposes. Firstly, we're gathered here to bear witness to this utter circus, to this farce, this unbelievable so-called legal process whereby a man is tried for doing everything he could to uphold the law. History will record this Orwellian episode whereby the man in the dock is not the man accused of killing innocent people, but he's the man who brought to light evidence of crimes. And the second reason we're gathered here is to stand in solidarity with David as he pays a very heavy personal price for what he has done. The price of punishment by prosecution, taking a heavy price even before the trial begins. And as the months and years go by, what David has done becomes of even greater importance as Australian governments use the law for political purposes Successive Australian governments, including the current one, seem to have a problem with accepting evidence and acting on it to uphold the law. Responses are crafted according, not, not according to what has been done, but according to who has done it. Alleged crimes are treated not according to their severity, but according to who commits them. And this is writ large in Australia's response to what is happening in Gaza in the war between Israel and Palestine. The Australian government pays lip service to the need to uphold the law. But our government's approaches are markedly different according to who has committed various crimes. 
For our ally, there is weak condemnation, even as war crime is heaped upon war crime. And a refusal of our government even to call a crime a crime in that instance. It is only the crimes of Hamas that receive the strongest possible condemnation and language. The law, whether it be domestic or international, must never be regarded as a political tool either to shield our allies from condemnation when it's needed or to silence those individuals, those individual Australians who have the conscience and the courage to speak up when they see wrongdoing. And we know, and we've heard this morning, that David is not the only person who is being targeted in this way. And we stand in solidarity with all those who have the conscience and the courage to speak up when they see wrongdoing, to speak up, to uphold the law and to uphold decent standards. Truth tellers are needed now as much as ever. David McBride is providing outstanding service to Australia, to our country, his country, to every one of us in strengthening our democracy and upholding our right to know what is done in our name. To David, we owe you a great debt, which we can never repay. You show us all what courage and integrity in action look like. What you are doing matters enormously to each of us and to our country, to our democracy, to the future of Australia. We thank you and we stand with you and we'll continue to stand with you. Thank you, Sue. Joining us also is Beth Vincent Peitch from the CPSU, the Community and Public Sector Union. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, I too would like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land, the Ngambri and the Ngunnawal people. Uh, I'm here to represent uh, the CPSU and we in turn represent whistleblowers from all over the public sector and we've been calling on better protections for them for so long. And that's why we're really proud to be invited here and to stand today with all of you in calling for David McBride's case to be immediately ceased. This is, this is totally outrageous. And you and we all know that if the public had a better understanding of this, nobody would support this. Nobody would support David being uh, on trial for this. He should be, he and other brave people who've actually had the courage to stand up and call out corruption and call out wrongdoing uh, should be applauded, not prosecuted. This is crazy. This is crazy. So the union knows, um, the whole union movement is behind this. We understand solidarity and we understand that standing together is the only way change ever happens. So good on you all. Good on you all for making a stand, for coming together and being prepared to back in the right cause. It's only by standing together that we're going to make a difference and we need better protections for whistleblowers. The government has promised um, a new uh, second uh, wave of reforms for the Public Disclosure Act. Um, that's needed now because truth tellers are what's going to save this country. Thank you.
Thank you, Beth. Um, a person who has defended people who have been on the receiving end of the weaponization of the law is Stephen Kenny. Stephen is Julian Assange's Australian lawyer. He also uh, defended David Hicks, and I'd like to invite him to say a few words. Thank you very much, and I'm sure David would be very proud to see everybody here today. If I was being charged like he was, I would be unbelievably thankful for all of you for turning up today. So I'm sure David does as well. But today I'm quite embarrassed to be a lawyer, to be standing in front of a Supreme Court where the first person to be tried for war crimes is the guy who exposed it. I, I just find that unbelievable. Shame. It's a real shame. And if I was the judge here, I'd be going, why is this person in front of me? Where are the generals that he told who colluded to cover this up? So where are they? Bring them before me and we will deal with them. This was no secret. A lot of people knew what was going on in, in uh, Afghanistan and only one person stood up to take it on. And he has, if you have followed it over the years, really sacrificed years of his life and indeed is now sacrificing his freedom for all of us. We need more people like him. And obviously, if we don't support David, if we don't support Richard Boyle and Julian Assange, then this country is in serious trouble. And we've heard other whistleblowers and what's happened to them. We've had the, Royal, the Bank Royal Commission. What happened about that? Nothing. What's going to happen here is a distraction where we have the whistleblower going to prison. He doesn't deserve to go to prison. He deserves to have a statute put in front of the Supreme Court to say, these are the people we respect, not your politicians, but the people who are prepared to come and tell the truth. And that's what we need, more of those, and we need to encourage more people, not by prosecuting them, but by honouring them. And so I'd urge you to keep it up week after week. I'm told it's a three-week trial. We need to all try and remember what's going on here. Let people know, and certainly, when it comes to the next election, to vote for people who are going to make change. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. While Stephen was talking, uh, the Prime Minister unexpectedly dropped in, but clearly he's been moved on. Hopefully he'll be back because Australians have a message for him, and that is that this prosecution is a source of great disappointment for the public. This is not what they expected from a Labor government. They expected change. They expected uh, shore, the shoring up of democracy. And instead, we've got the opposite. We don't know to what extent the media will be able to report on this trial yet. We have still to find that out. Now, there's no one who's worked harder for the protection, to shore up the protection of whistleblowers 
than Kieran Pender from the Human Rights Law Centre, and he's here today. Thanks, Mary. I also acknowledge that we're on stolen land, the land of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri people, and that Australia's first people were also Australia's first truth-tellers. Today is a sad day. A whistleblower goes on trial. We've heard a lot about the injustice of this case, but I want to reflect on the consequences of this case. Because of this case and because of the prosecution of Richard Boyle, who exposed wrongdoing at the tax office, other Australians will stay silent. I know that because I'm a lawyer who acts for whistleblowers. I speak to clients who are afraid of speaking up because of cases like this. That's not good for our society. It's not good for our democracy when wrongdoing goes unchecked, when whistleblowers don't speak up. We're fortunate to have whistleblowers here today, Bernard, Troy, Jeff, others, people who've made this country a better place because they exposed wrongdoing. What if Jeff and others hadn't exposed wrongdoing at the Commonwealth Bank and across the financial services sector? We wouldn't have had a royal commission. We wouldn't have had wholesale reform in the financial sector. What if Bernard and Witness K had not allegedly spoken up about Australia's wrongdoing against Timor. We may never have known how unjust Australia acted against our nearest neighbour. So this case is unjust in its own right, but it's unjust because of the chilling effect it has. And that's not good for all of us. Any of us could see something wrong tomorrow. And would we speak up when we know what happens to brave truth-tellers? I'm heartened by the level of support for whistleblowers here today and the level of support we've seen in recent years, support that's growing. I'm disappointed that the government has not listened to that support. We urgently need an end to prosecution of whistleblowers. We need stronger whistleblower reform and we need the establishment of a whistleblower protection authority. We may not have stopped this case, but we can hope that we stop the next one. We can hope that we get stronger laws and stronger institutions to ensure that whistleblowers are protected, not punished. Thank you. Thank you. It's a testament to the um, strong public condemnation of this prosecution that some of you have come from other states to be here today to show your support for David. There are a couple of people here from Lismore, Gare and Rosie, whom I'd like to invite to say a few words. Um, are you, you here? Right. Come, come. Thank you. And after Gare and Rosie, we will have more of the bagpipes in preparation for David's arrival, um, and that, that is John and Charlotte Uren. Uh, they'll be on next. Thank you. Yeah, uh, we feel very honoured to be asked to be uh, leading 
a chant or a cheer for David, Julian, all the whistleblowers. What a special day. And to see so many people here supporting them all. Uh, so we're going to do an old-fashioned chant. Anybody want to whistle? Because I've got a handful here. Yes. If you want to come forward and... David McBride, David McBride has the truth on his side. The government lied about the war crimes they hide. David McBride has the truth on his side. And the government lied about the war crimes they hide. Oh yeah, David McBride. David McBride has the truth on his side. Has the truth on his side. And the government lied. The government lied about the war crimes they hide. One more time now, David McBride. David McBride has the truth on his side. Has the truth on his side. And the government lied. About the war crimes they hide. Whistles for David. And all the other whistleblowers. Thank you so much. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for $5 a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au.